you've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with a Gun Show. Hi, I'm your host, Ken Blanchard, and this is episode number 525. And this week, I get a chance to talk to my friend, Rick Ector, from Legally Armed in Detroit, who the Guinness Book of World Records should probably be contacting about now. He trained almost 600 women in one day, just the other day. My friend, Michael J. Woodland, is going to give us some tips to help you with the flinch. And our friend, Marshall Tig Tigner, gives us some tips for home safety, just in case you decide to go on vacation. You know, it is summertime. All this and a little bit more after Tommy drops this beat. weekly podcast that's been around since 2007 with over 1.7 million downloads. I began as a firearms instructor back in 1986 and then became a gun rights activist in 1991 and traveled around the country helping change the concealed carry laws around the world. I've been featured in the UK and in France and I even caused a little stir in South Africa but that's for another time. You know at the beginning of the year I started off with nothing, and I still got a lot of that left. At the time of this recording, half the year is gone. It's June, baby. Summertime is here. And for me, your friend and brother from another mother, it's time for some course corrections. Time to make a little change. And um, I am adding a couple of friends to the show. Going to make sure that uh, I keep it fresh, give some information that my voice is not the only voice you'll hear. And I'm also going to start doing some more training. I got an idea. No, what I got is an epiphany. That's what I got. And uh, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to keep it a wrap for right now. But uh, stay tuned. One of the things I'm realizing for this week is that relationships are more important than results. Relationships matter. I plan to take care of those who have been taking care of me. I'm going to close my circle a little bit and uh, just be more real to the real people. Not those just looking for attention and more accolades. But the folks who been putting the work in. When you get a chance, check out blackmanwithagun.com. I kind of tidied it up a little bit. I made it a little bit more user-friendly, a little bit easier to read. It's getting lonely and uh, need your eyeballs on it. Let's get episode 525 starting with, uh, with Tig. You're up, baby girl. Thanks, Ken. This week, I'm going to be talking about keeping your home safe while you're away on vacation. Alright, so I know everyone's really eager to get on the road and get to that family beach trip, but there are a couple of tips I want to remind you of before you go, just so you can make sure you keep your home safe. Number one, have a trusted friend or family member house it for you, or at least ask them to pick up your newspapers out of the driveway. Nothing says vacant house more than yellowing newspapers on the front lawn. You should also ask them to remove those annoying doorknob flyers while you're away. Number two, keep up the landscape. If you normally cut your grass every Saturday and things start to look overgrown and neglected, it's easy to come to the conclusion that you're not around. If you plan on being away for an extended period of time, hire someone to take care of the landscaping chores in your absence. Number three, show some caution when you talk about your trip. Your blog probably isn't the best place to announce that you'll be away from home for a month. Being aware of who's around when you discuss your trip in restaurants and even at work isn't a bad idea either. Make sure that your children are discreet too. 
No one is saying that you should be suspicious of everyone you meet, but even a chance remark has the potential to lead to unintended and unfortunate consequences. This includes checking in to place on places on Facebook or Foursquare. Someone may see the post and decide to target your home while you're away. Number four, don't lead burglars to your home with your GPS. Many a GPS, either the portable or built-in style, has led thieves directly to unsuspecting homes. When a car is left at the airport, a bad guy can break in, turn on the GPS unit, and often find out exactly where home is. If you have a portable unit, don't leave it in the car, either at the airport or in the hotel parking lot at night if you're road tripping. If you have a built-in unit, set home for something other than your actual address. Use a nearby intersection or cafe instead. That way, you'll still get home, but won't lead anyone else there either. It's not a bad idea to do, do this with your portable unit as well, just in case anyone gets their hands on it. Number five, keep track of all keys to your home and make sure they're in safe hands. Locking your doors is important, but up to 50% of burglaries involve the use of a key. That plastic rock isn't fooling anyone. If a criminal figures out you're away on vacation, it's likely that he or she will check your porch for a spare key. So reach under that mat, into that mailbox, above the doorframe, or into that flower pot and remove your spare key before you leave on your vacation. Number six, and this is a classic one. The lights are on, but no one is home. Don't leave your lights on at home throughout the entire vacation in an effort to make it look like someone is in the house. Your electric bill will end up costing more than your monthly mortgage, and house lights blazing throughout the night might look a bit suspicious. Instead, purchase a light switch timer that can turn your lights on and off automatically according to a program schedule. Criminals keeping an eye out for your house will notice lights flipping on and off and will probably assume someone is flipping the lights on. Amazon offers a number of products and some are as low as $20. The danger here is that if someone is really intent on robbing you, they will likely be watching the house for a period of time. If they notice that the lights go on at exactly 7.05 p.m. and off at exactly 10.35 p.m. each night, it will probably not take a genius to figure out that they're on a timer. The way to make timers work is to use a varied schedule. If you can find timers which are controlled by an app or your cell phone, that will probably be the best option. Then you can vary the times, making it look more like people are still in the home. Number seven, security system. Now, this might be a common sense thing, but it's uh, never a bad thing to remind you. There's no better way to secure your home while you're away on vacation than a home alarm system. With the technology available, at minimum, you'll be able to have a system with a control panel, door and window sensors, motion sensors, glass break sensors, and oftentimes these features can be monitored using your cell phone. All right, so those are my tips this week for keeping your home safe while you are on vacation. That's it for this week. If you want to contact me, I am at triggerhappypanda.com. Thanks, Ken. Back to you. Thank you, Lady T. Good job. This portion of the show is sponsored by crossbreedholsters.com. Crossbreed Holsters has gained national recognition as a maker of the best and most functional concealment holsters available on the market today. Each holster is handcrafted to ensure your firearm is safe and secure while carrying, combined with the best customer service in the industry. Visit CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hey, for some reason, I just feel like there's a couple of new people listening this week. So let me tell you something. Guns are not evil. They are only mechanical devices. They're tools. True, they are on our streets in the hands of criminals, but guns are no more evil than the money they also carry. A minister once told me that money is not the root of all evil. 
He said that the love of money is what is evil. And the statement is also true about guns. People would prefer to blame the instruments of crime instead of focusing on the individual responsible for the crime. Today, the leading cause of death of Americans is ignorance. What we don't know about parenting, AIDS, guns, and the law is what's killing us. There are no quick fixes. Don't let the tears of our mothers be used as propaganda against your rights. When you, the responsible, law-abiding citizen, hear that you should turn in your guns, don't buy into it. That message is for the kids on the street and the criminals who shouldn't have guns anyway. All efforts to repress and control people throughout the centuries has been forced by racist and elitist beliefs. There are actually firearms that have been sold in the past that were originally designed to specifically kill Africans in South Africa, as proof of my comment about racism. The strictest gun laws are in the cities that have the highest concentration of people. Of course, while many gun control advocates will state that these new laws are for the safety of everyone, the restrictions affect only a particular class of people. In order to take you into this new territory, I got to show you where we've been. We conveniently forget that we were not always slaves. The plight of African Americans today is probably to blame on our short-term memory. We conveniently forget that European scholars wrote historical accounts that we take as gospel. The Wild West, for example, was full of African Americans and Native Americans who carried guns. Our roots are full of sharpshooters, cowboys, and outlaws. Check out the history of pioneers like Mary Fields, Clara Brown, the Buffalo Soldiers, Ben Hodges, Cherico Bill, the Deacons of Defense and Justice, and the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. It will then seem like everybody from Great Granddad to Aunt Minnie owned a gun, and they did not kill children. These men and women, though newly emancipated, were more free in spirit than many of us today. They fought for knowledge, rights, and survival. What are you fighting for? As a longtime advocate of the right to keep and bear arms, I can say without a doubt that the most negative stereotypes that we have have been from my own people. For 25 years, I've heard the most outrageous claims. I've heard grown people, educated people, say that they wouldn't trust themselves with a gun. To admit that in public is like saying you shouldn't be near a hot stove or I can't be trust you with a, a knife. A butter knife, for, for that matter. But it doesn't stop there. I remember trying to get my book into a bookstore. And they said, no, nah, we don't want to promote this. But right behind me was a counter with um, a book about romanticizing a drug dealer, a pimp, and a prostitute. I'm trying to do responsible gun ownership. And we allow others to sell us crap that destroys our image. And in this one thing, has been far more successful than any full-scale government propaganda machine in undermining all the accomplishments of our civil rights heroes of the 60s. Yeah. The only people that don't have guns legally in their homes are African Americans. And this is proof positive that we have bought the lie, hook, line, and sinker. The people that want us unarmed and helpless don't have a hard time convincing us. They utilize the magazines that our mothers read the media attacks capitalizes on our fears and protective instincts of our black women. And in no time at all, they've disarmed black America. They have successfully caused us to believe 
It is wrong to own a gun, to alienate our children, to sell them out as a lost generation, and to encourage us to administer mind-controlling drugs to them all. Worst of all, we have young men looking forward to going to prison as if it was the University of African America. Don't embrace the crap that you hear on the radio and in the media. Racially motivated violence is not the only threat to which blacks are more vulnerable. An African American has at least a 40% chance greater of being burglared and a 100% chance of being robbed than a white person. They are exposed to more crime and are given less protection by the police. So that awful gun that is so politically incorrect today could probably save the life of a member of your family or yourself. Don't wait for the police. They don't have, a, don't have to protect you. They have no duty to. And when you hear that bump in the night or see that shadow in the hallway that doesn't belong in your household, think on these things. All right, next up is a shooting tip from Michael J. Woodland. Big Mike, take it away, brother. Thank you, Ken. And welcome to another tips and review segment. I am Michael Woodland of m-wtactical.com, and today we're going to discuss getting rid of the flinch while shooting. This past week of shooting and helping a friend out, it was discovered the flinch had his shots going everywhere but where he intended for them to go. After a few observations, I knew what had to take place. For starters, You can't get mad at anyone for not knowing what they don't know. When a mistake is discovered, we have to correct it and stray away from the bad habit. When you are used to shooting one way, it is hard to break a bad habit, but it can be done through repetition. Once the flinch was discovered, we ran a few drills that assisted with the elimination of the deadly flinch. In the past, you heard me discuss about balancing an empty casing on top of your front sight and slowly pull the trigger. Remember, with this form of practicing, the firearm is empty and no live rounds are in your vicinity. If the casing stays on after pulling the trigger slowly to the rear, you are where you want to be. You can look at it as you did everything correct and repeat the process getting better each time the casing does not fall. If it happens to fall, reset the casing and do a quick analysis of yourself and figure out what needs to be corrected to keep the casing balanced on the front sight. It can be a multitude of factors from your stance, breathing, and you guessed it, trigger pull. Another tip is where you will need someone with you on the range. Person A is the shooter, and person B is the coach. The coach will have two of the magazines from the firearm of person A. Person B will take about 10 rounds and randomly place one or two rounds in the magazine, or in some cases, no rounds. The coach will give person A back the firearm where they will pull the trigger, not knowing if there is a round in the chamber or not. This will force person A to discover if he is flinching excessively or not. This is a fun little exercise that will help with your trigger pull as well as eliminating that nasty flinch. Get out there and practice, but don't overwhelm yourself. In time, you will discover how it will all come to be second nature to you. Tune in next week as we tackle another area of marksmanship for another tips and review segment. 
Thank you for all those who follow and support the M-W Tactical Facebook page. If you haven't done so, look us up on Facebook and hit the like button and join in on the many discussions that are taking place. We are trying to reach our goal of 2,000 likes before the end of the year. Tell your buddies to get on Facebook and hit the like button on the M-W Tactical Facebook page. For those who use Twitter, you can find us at M underscore W Tactical. If you are more into photos, follow me on Instagram at Munitions Weapons Tactical Altogether, where you can get an up close and personal involvement of my daily life and involvement at a shooting range. If you would like to read more about us, do so by going to www.m-wtactical.com where you can easily connect with us on any of the previously mentioned social platforms while looking at pictures, viewing future classes, emailing us, or even listening to the current week of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. For those who want a more direct approach, just call us at 803-250-1256. Leave a message and we will get back to you so we can discuss whatever is on your mind from shooting classes or just inviting us to come to your upcoming event. Until next week. Keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. Thanks, man. Man, Memorial Day, I don't know how your holidays was, but mine was the bomb. I got a chance to uh, take my bride away, and we celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary in high style. And uh, got a chance to reconnect with each other, and it was kind of nice. She likes me again, and that's a good thing. Not quite sure who that word of wisdom was for, but if I feel me, if you understand where I'm coming from, say amen. And if you can't say amen, say ouch. Next up, a conversation with a really cool guy, a friend. His name is Rick Ector. He hails from Detroit, Michigan, and uh, he's been around a minute doing great things. He's going to tell you about something he did that was fantastic. This portion of the show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. The USCCA has been providing education, training, and self-defense insurance to responsibly armed Americans since 2003. Join Tim Schmidt and myself here at usconcealedcarry.com. All right. This week, I got my friend and brother from another mother, Rick Ector from Detroit. Rick, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, man, it's always an honor and a privilege literally to be on the show. You know, I still remember being excited the very first time I was ever on the show years ago, man. And it's it's always a pleasure. Always enjoy being here. How how long has it been now? Man, it's been a long time. It's 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 been a, it's been some years, man. Uh and, and I mean more than a handful. It's it's been a while. I mean, it's ah, uh, we go back like a rocking chair. It, it's it's been a minute, man. But uh, you know, it seems like just yesterday. Just yesterday, I was at home, you know, trying to figure out, you know, exactly what I wanted to do in this gun rights movement. You know, I know I wanted to do more, but I didn't know exactly in what way was that going to manifest itself, man, and. You know, and I must have told this story a million times, right? Right? Stop me if you've heard it before, right? And <laughs> typed black man with a gun in Google. And, and then lo and behold, I found you, you know? And 
And the rest is history, man. Uh, went to that gun rights policy convention in uh, Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. What year was that? What year was it in, in Kentucky? That was right outside of Cincinnati, right? Was that was that then? And uh, man, that was when I met you and I met Sean, man. And uh, I was just taking in this whole gun rights movement that uh, I really was not privileged to. You know, all the personalities that were there, you know, and, and I and I shudder at using the term celebrity, man. But all the celebrities in the gun rights movement was there. You know, all the people that you see about, you know, on the Internet and on shows and stuff. And, and they were there and uh, it was a relaxed environment and how everyone was approachable. I didn't come across anybody who. Uh, seemed like that they were too good or above me to spend some time and talk with me, regardless of their position and office and how many years they've been in the gun rights movement, man. And that weekend just totally energized me and, and fired me up, man, and uh, really made me feel like I belonged, you know, on in a, in a bigger sense in the gun rights movement. And uh, I've been going full bore ever since. That's what's up. And now we're talking about in the future, six years later, you've been doing successfully the Legally Armed in Detroit Ladies Day. What, what do you actually do you call it? I call it, uh, well, it's, it's, it, it doesn't really have like a, a, a permanent fixed name. It kind of morphs and it. It morphs every year until something sounds a little slightly more pleasing to the ear, but it's the, uh, Laid, which is legally armed in Detroit, you know, Ladies Day at the range or Ladies Shooting Event. I haven't found that catchy event name for it, but uh, it has it has uh, over the years, over the last six years is starting to become if it has not already became my signature event that I do of the year, you know, and it gives me a, a lot of joy and privilege just watching this thing grow from just a small you know 50 people or so event to now where i almost had 600 participants uh, in the program man. and uh it's really great to see how this thing has grown 600 600 man and you know what i would have had 600 was my goal you know, and what I tell people who helped me put on the event, I tell them, look, 600 is the mark, but uh, we don't get 600. You know, that's OK, because my first priority and concern is safety. And if we need to have, you know, a slower pace to ensure that, you know, we don't have any mishaps or, or anything bad happen, then I'm willing and I'm prepared not to get 600. 600 is the mark, but. It's not to be done at the sacrifice of anything else. But uh, had it not rained, man, I would have easily eclipsed 600 women trained with firearms in one day, which is really insane to a lot of people, man, because it, it doesn't seem like it's even possible or achievable, you know, to coordinate that many people to come to one location staggered over time throughout a day to give them a rain safety briefing, you know, to actually give them gun uh, giveaways, free gun locks and free drawings. And then we had a, 
a couple of paid drawings for uh, one of my buddies who's a, uh, a firearms dealer. He gave away, well, raffled off like four guns and man, it's just great. You know, the legally armed Detroit t-shirts were there. Uh, man, all the women got a bunch of stuff and they, they basically came away with, you know, a sense of fulfillment. You know, they actually went to a place and uh, got a safety briefing, uh, was given a firearm, a real gun, was taught how to use it. And they 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 not only shot, man, they shot well. And we took pictures and small videos and we put it all over Facebook and on YouTube. And well, no, we didn't do YouTube, but uh, Facebook, you know, just had a time of it, man. And and just by having a an event that's becoming like an, a signature event. Just watching this thing grow, it, it's really been truly amazing to behold, for sure. Yeah, my my, my inner Chris Tucker wants to be screaming right now. <laughs> six hundred, six hundred, man! I can't believe it, six hundred. Yeah, that's that's good. I dude. mean, it's, you know, when I tell people, yeah, uh, six hundred in a day, and it was not like you know a, a whole twenty four hour day. It was more like a a business day, yeah, you know, with yeah. maybe a couple hours of overtime, you know, and it it's amazing. You know, the amount of resources it takes to put something like this together, you know, is, 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 is huge. And it's grown over the years. And, you know, just by being fortunate and being in a, a space in which I've developed relationships with other people, you know, and that's another story in of itself, but, you know, just the relationships that I've fostered and developed with people who uh, would put themselves in a situation where they'd be willing to partner with me to share my vision in terms of giving women a free shooting lesson, free of charge, and, and even come away with a few giveaways, you know, it's just really amazing in of itself. You know, this this whole path of, of giving back and, and doing something to the community, doing something for the community and being able to get people to come together for a common goal, you know, and to do something just because it's the right thing to do, which is nothing short of amazing, you know, and which, you know, I believe if you could, you know, cross that hump, you know, I believe that it could be done and replicated all over the country. You know, and, and I think I attribute my approach and, and the success I've had with this program with the fact that, you know, it, it roughly parallels in a way my path as a firearms trainer, man. I became a a firearms instructor about 11, 11 years or so ago when I first got credentialed uh, by the NRA. And uh, I was out there and I was new. I was green, but I was motivated and I had a lot of energy and I wanted to do. And I I literally called a lot of people that were operating at that time, man. And and would you believe that I called a bunch of people that were operating then and I said, look, I'm brand new. I'm green. I'm inexperienced. Just just got, you know, certified and I want to just help. I want to learn. You know, I want to come to your spot, you know, with your, at your class, with your students. And I just want to learn and I want to help. And look, you won't have to pay me anything. Just let me come work with you and, you 
to mentor me, you know, and I just help, man. You realize that I couldn't get not one single established firearms instructor to take me on for free to help him teach his classes and teach his students. And I was like, wow, is is it really that competitive? Mm. Is are people really that cynical? You know, me, myself personally, you know, I'm a training counselor now and, and it's part of my, you know, charge as as in that office to mentor instructors that I, you know, certify to be uh, firearms instructors. But, you know, people call me out of the blue and, and they ask, can they learn? And I bring them on, you know, it's not like I charge them anything, but I feel that if I can give back and help ensure that there's people out there teaching and doing things the right way, then, you know, that's something I could do. And as a matter of fact, I even, you know, offer, to partner with them. If they can grab or they can somehow get their own students, we can just pull the the people together and just do a class together. Right. And just help one another, which is so easy, man. But, uh, you know, people are just so cynical, man. And so doubting or so competitive, selfish. So that, that, that whole mindset was something that I knew that I did not want to duplicate you know, in my path as a firearms instructor and and later a gun rights advocate, man, my position has always been, look, there's more than enough for everybody. I don't buy into this zero sum game. We can do more together than we can separately. And, And that's really a theme for this women's event that I do, man, because there's no way I could do this event by myself and individually, you know, uh, and as like small subsets, we couldn't do it. I mean, it takes all of us together with a shared vision, willing to work together, man. But it has to be someone who can pull that together, who's walked that walk in terms of partnering and, and working with other people that could do it. You know, a lot of people you know, from a lot of different places say, Hey man, this seems like the kind of thing I would want to do. And I host, I I welcome people to replicate it, man, but it takes the right approach. You know, it it takes someone who comes from a space of genuinely uh, wanting to work with people for a bigger purpose, man. And uh, you got to walk that walk and you got to, and you got to be genuine and honest, you know, because, if people sense that you're not who you represent yourself to be, you know, your words are just going to fall on deaf ears, man. So I've been glad that I've had, you know, the approach I've had, you know, and that was based on my experiences trying to get mentored. But uh, along the way, man, I've had help and, and I've managed to grow and I want to keep this thing going because the, the ultimate thing is empowering women. And, you know, there's even some guys out there that are mad at me, man, that are salty because I'm giving women free shooting lessons and I'm not like, you know, focusing on the men who are nowhere nearly as vulnerable as women. So, you know, you can't make everybody, you know, happy, man. You just have to figure out what path that you want to walk and, and figure out how you want to accomplish that and make it happen. And uh, I've had nothing but fun on the way. All the people I've met. You know, the the things that we've talked about and shared, man, it's it's just been a great experience. Six years of watching 
this one event just grow from, you know, a tragedy I witnessed on the news all the way till now. 600 women in one day being trained how to safely operate a firearm and get some, you know, some basic fundamental firearm safety training. It's crazy. Looks like you're going to get another award this year from somebody. I don't know, man. You know, and, and if it happens, it happens. But I, I don't do it for the award. You know, the thing was, I, I'm doing it from a space of I want to, you know, empower people. And I think that's the end of the game, end of the day. But, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I give this program out knowing that, you know, guns is not for everyone. And I understand that. But if you think it is for you or it's not for you, but you don't know, then I want to help you settle that question. I want to provide you with resources to have you give it an honest hearing. And based on what your experience is with this project, then you can make that final decision whether you want to investigate further or if you can just take this gun business and self-defense and empowerment and just put that outside of your head and just figure out, OK, I need to figure another way to make myself safe. Ultimately, that's my goal is to empower you with a tool to make you safe. I'm just showing you one option and this option may not be for you. It may not be for everyone, but I want to at least have you give it a fair hearing in a nice, safe environment and try it, man. It's like green eggs and ham. Just try it, try it, try it. You may find that you actually like guns and shooting, but just try it. That's it right there. So since you've been gone, and I had the dates wrong, it's like 2001 in Cincinnati, I believe it was, in Kentucky. That little yeah, Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. Yeah. Well, what's that, 10 years? Yeah, at least. That's no, a 17. man. That's a decade, right? Yeah, we over a decade now. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's a decade, man. And uh, you know, and I have to say, it's been truly, you know, my honor to have known you that long, and and to, I mean, really get to know you as a friend, man. I mean, you're really a great, genuine guy, and I, you know what, I've learned a lot from you, man. And uh, just to even hear you just, just hint at the fact that I'm what you consider to appear is still an honor. You know? Man, you teach me every once in a while. You say something, I go, <laughs> wow, let me write that down. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm going to now introduce you with the G's. You are a giver, a gracious dude. You're a good guy. You're a genuine guy. You're a glad finder, and you're a gun guy. So the next time I get a chance to interview interview you or put you on stage somewhere, you're going to get all those G accolades because that's how you are, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I mean, I do. I mean, truly do. But uh, it's been a path, man, you know, and uh, and that's that's one of the great things about it. I mean, when when you look to look into the gun community and partner and network and try to do things with other people, man. And and there's really so much more. There's like a bigger world out there. It's almost like, you know, I'm a sci fi buff like the Matrix, you know, you you pull back, you know, the layer and you find that there's this whole world of people out here doing things that you had no idea that was going on, man. And uh, that's what I really like. I really like going to the conferences, man, and just seeing the people who are putting in the work, which is why I like the GRPC, because you see the people 
that are actually doing the, the stuff. You know, the other conferences, you know, the bigger, they they're, they get more publicity, you know, more people and everything. And you know what? And I'm not taking anything away from that. I mean, you know, the, the bigger conferences, conventions, they're great. But, I mean, going to the GRPC and the smaller conferences, man, that's that's where the folks who, who are really on the ground are, are present. And if you want to know what's happening on the street, on the ground level, that's where you go, you know, where the people are. Ground truth. Yeah. Where the troops are. Yeah. Always been that way. So how, how do we duplicate what you do? What would be your first step if somebody said, man, I'm a, I'm inspired by what Rick just said. How do you get started? Well, I, I think you just start where you are, man. Uh, you do an assessment of, of what you can do, you know, look at your skill sets. Uh, do you need to upgrade? Uh, are you, are you sufficient where you are? I mean, you can obviously just do it on your own, but let me tell you, there's so much more you can do, uh, working in conjunction with others. I mean, that first, uh, group, that first group I put together to do my first event, I only had like maybe, five workers total me and four other firearms instructors and and just being able to find a range to partner with that would work because let me tell you shooting on any level can get expensive real quick and, and just having some some relationships that you can build on i just happen to have a a real good rapport with this one range owner at this gun range i went to a lot and uh, just the relationship I've built with him over, you know, the few years that I've been going to his range doing classes, I was able to get him to buy into what I'm doing. So I, I say that'd be another thing, you know, look to forge, you know, alliances to, to people with access to resources who might be inclined to partner with you. And, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean their time. It could just be mean access to their facility, you know, something that isn't even being 100% used. So manpower and a place and, and resources and, and just getting people to share and to buy into your vision, man. You know what? There are people who don't even know you haven't even met you, but who will just buy into the concept of what you were doing who will send you some cash to allow you to buy ammo and pay range fees and stuff, man. You know, so have a vision, have a plan, uh, look to partner with others, find people who are like-minded and get people to buy in, into your, your concept, man. Cause, cause really all I was, was a guy who saw this woman whose body was discarded on a Detroit street, like six, seven years ago. And I felt, man, somebody should do something. And, and just that thought, you know, I was able to, you know, put it out there in social media and found some people who, you know, shared in that vision, you know, however small and, and came to donate time, resources and facilities to make it happen. So, you know, just know that if you're coming from a, a real good place and, and you really want to go do a good thing, I mean, put it out there and you will find some like-minded 
people who will help you. I mean, they, they will just come from nowhere. You know, you put it into the universe that you are trying to do something and this is what you need. You figure out what you need. Just ask the universe for it, man. Let me tell you, it will appear. And people came and they brought access to the resources and, and this just grow from that. You know, that's one small session we had. It was like four or five of us men, you know, doing the, the training and we had like 50 women and we just built on that. We told people what we were doing, uh, that we wanted to help other people and do it more on a bigger level. And it just grew. It just grew. It grew from 50 to 100 to 200, 300, 400, and now 600, you know, just under 600. And and I really want to do this thing even bigger, believe it or not. And not only do I want to scale it that way, but I really want to share, you know, some nuts and bolts of, of of how I put this thing together because there's no reason why there couldn't be like chapters of people doing this very thing all over the country. It's totally doable. Trust me. If I can do it, man, it can be done by just about anybody. You hear that? Y'all we're going to have to make it happen. That's good stuff right there, buddy. So you work on indoor range or outdoor range? This I've just been primarily been an indoor range, you know, here in, in urban America. And I'm, I'm very cognizant of the fact that you have, man, a worldwide audience, you know, and even on the national level, you know, we don't have access to, you know, outdoor ranges. You know, all we have is pretty much. Well, there's some there's some spots that are out there, but they're really limited. It's primarily an indoor range th- thing here in urban America, but uh, it can be done indoor or outdoor. I mean, it's the same concept, the same principles, you know, it's going to take relationships, relationship building and getting people to buy into your vision and just make it happen. Yeah. You just inspire me to do something different. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, go forth and do it, man. And, and give me a report of how it turned out. Oh, you got it. You got it. What's next? What's next on your plate? Now that you accomplished this big thing, what you going to do next? Uh, next man, I, I, I want to keep growing it. You know, this, this thing here, but, uh, you know, I'm always looking for other opportunities. Uh, I'm a training counselor with the NRA, so I will be looking to put together, you know, another class of, of people who want to be the next generation of firearms instructors and trainers. You know, I do a series of seminars, you know, uh, a big thing that I do is uh, this one seminar about firearm legal protection, about how people can protect themselves, you know, legally, you know, from both the system and, and being sued. I mean, if you're really serious about personal protection and heaven forbid, you actually have to actually use your gun to defend yourself. There's a lot of consequences that go along with that and preparing people, you know, to get ready for that. I mean, you know, the mere fact that, that things can happen means that you got to prepare. If you don't prepare. You'll be, uh, and and not so, not so positioned to deal with the consequences of, of defending yourself. So, man, I'm just looking to just grow and, and help more people, and train more people. I'm a trainer at heart, 
you know, training counselor, uh, you know, firearms trainer. I mean, I just train, man. And, and that's the thing that I really like about firearms instructors, man. They train people. They, they actually enjoy empowering people because I come from, you know, and, and I'm sure you've heard my story before. You know, that's that's where I came from. I came from being a person who was literally robbed at gunpoint, you know, here in Detroit uh, 11, 12 years ago, man. So I understand. I understand being in the big, bad city. I understand being vulnerable. I understand being robbed and victimized and being happy to still be here. And uh, I, I, I still remember that put up a shut up moment. You know, do I get trained or do I just move and, and deciding that I'm going to stay put and I'm going to get as much training as I can get. And then when I felt that my sense of empowerment has sufficiently grown, I wanted to share that with other people. And uh, it's just a path and a journey, man. And I'm just living it, just seeing what tomorrow brings. I heard that. How can folks reach you on the net if they don't already know who you are? Man, I'm, I'm, you know what? I, I, I've taken the, the Ken Blanchard approach to the internet. Be everywhere, man. Just Google me, Rick, R-I-C-K, Hector, E-C-T-O-R. I can be found on just about every major social media platform, whether it's Facebook or it's YouTube or it's, uh, what's some more uh, social media? Uh, Instagram, uh, Blogger. I mean, I'm just about everywhere. My approach is to be everywhere. If you Google me, Rick Ector, R-I-C-E-C-T-O-R, you will find me. And when you find me, you'll have that eureka moment when I've typed in black man with a gun and found Ken. And uh, you know what? Let's get together. Let's network. You'll be amazed at what we can do together. It's so much more than we can do alone. That's motivating because relationships matter. They do. They truly do. Rick, thank you, man. And uh, don't be a stranger. Man, never that. Never a stranger. It's always a privilege and a pleasure to be on your show, man. And uh, I just look forward to the next time I'm going to bump into you in person. You know, what? what's next for you? You're going to be at the GRPC or Definitely. there's uh, there. the got a new conference now, right? That they're coming out, personal protection conference thing. We'll I don't know. GRPC. GRPC. You'll be at the GRPC, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. I, I better figure out how I figure out what I need to do to get my my resources together so I can be there. I'm in the same place. <laughs> the, the, hustle, the hustle never ends. The hustle never ends. All you have to do is figure out okay what you want to do and. And what it's going to take and put a plan together. But uh, I know that you're going to be at the GRPC. So that's my mark now. That's that's what I'm shooting for. Time for but I'll see you there. All right. See you there. If you are familiar with apps on your mobile phone, if you have space for one, another one, the Black Man with the Gun has a new app available for now for Android. So you can get it on iOS and on Android platform. What does it do? It allows you to get this podcast straight to you, no chaser. Plus, all social media links to me in one spot. You can contact me. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. You can send pictures through this thing. Um, it's an awesome app. And I got a special for you. If you 
Act now. You can get it for free. Well, actually, it's free all the time. But don't tell my mama. She thinks I'm making millions from podcasting and this app stuff. Not. This show is being supported by people just like you, though. 26 of them as of today from Patreon.com. If you'd like to be a supporter of this podcast and keep it moving, go to Patreon.com forward slash Black Man with the Gun. The links to it and the free apps will be in the show notes. And a quick shout out to Dave Cole, one of the contributors, a really good writer, who's about to do a uh, big game hunt, which I'm dying to hear about. Hey, man, hope you're doing all right. And a big thanks to Marshall T. Tigner from TriggerHappyPanda.com and M-WTactical.com's Michael J. Woodland. Thank you, team, for rolling with a brother. Remember that relationships matter. Be strong enough to let go and wise enough to wait for what you deserve. Just in case nobody has told you this today. Your friend and brother from another mother, the pastor of Patriots, Pistoleros, and Paladins, Ken Blanchard, loves you. And ain't a darn thing you can do about it. Until next week, shalom, baby. One, two, three, four. It's also the black man with a gun.